Welcome back to another episode of the Anime Show with Joey and Aki. I'm your host, Joey. And I'm your co-host, Aki. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at what makes a great romance anime. We explore the deep misconceptions of the romance cliché. And what makes a good yaoi or yuri anime. Get the podcast now on Wooshka SoundCloud or by downloading the free SBS Pop Asia app. What are we talking about today? Anime. Specifically, we're going to go talk about romance anime. For no particular reason, we just thought, you know, just dwell into some of that love. What is deemed as a good romance anime? Go over the rules of romance, because I also kind of want to do a separate video on this topic, too. I've been wanting to for a while now, so I think this is a good opportunity to do it. So I guess I love how like usually you know we'd save these kinds of episodes for like Valentine's or something like that. Nope, it's in the middle of September, <laughs> which is which is near nothing. I mean, we'll probably <laughs> add something by the time those things roll around. So, yeah, but anyways, yeah, so um, I guess we'll start off. What are your favorite like romance anime at the top of your head? Movies count. <sighs> favorite romance anime? Gosh, I mean, you can't go wrong with Clanad. Okay. And I'm sure everyone who watches me knows that already, but it's just, I don't know. When I think of a romance anime, Clannad's the first thing I think of. And I just, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with Clannad. I know a few people who say they didn't like Clannad, but I think it's because they didn't like the whole slice of life aspect of it during the first season. Okay. And then they were like, oh, this is going to be really boring because nothing ever freaking happens. And then they miss out on the masterpiece that is Clannad Afterstory. And what is it? So, uh, what about the romance in there, like, stands out to you as opposed with, like. Find out after story? Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. It's the one of the few anime that have made me cry, like, consecutively. Like, the last six episodes in a row made me just used up a whole box of tissues on that. And it was just, ugh. Hmm. Uh, it, it was like the whole aspect of the fact that I think. The whole reason why I was so invested in the characters was because of that slice of life first season. Where it was like, it made it out so like, you just get to, we're gonna, we're gonna dedicate an entire season just for you to get attached to the characters. And then the second season with After Story, we're gonna throw in all this drama and romance. And so when, when, when stuff hits the fan, and, and it really hits the fan in Planet After Story, if you know, um, you're really invested in it and it's, it's beautiful. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I know this may be kind of cringy to say, but like, I actually learned a lot of things through, like, life lessons through watching Clannad, and specifically Clannad After Story, just about like, family and like, you know, treating your loved one right and like, stuff like that, just, well, I don't know, it's I don't think, stuck with me. I don't think that would be immature, because, I mean, you know, with anime, here's the thing about it, is like, it has categories for everything, and it works with a multiple different age groups and with Clannad it did go over some really deep topics it reflected right. you know um connections and relationships pretty accurately to how people are out there and so um and the whole thing with like Tomoya and his dad is like I know a lot of people were like really really invested in that mm. and I think again it's because it, the series offered you an entire 24 episode or 26 episode I think Clannad, like, the first season is, like, 24 or 26 episodes. Okay. Um, it gave you, like, a whole 24 episodes to, like, just slowly build upon not just the characters and, like, the relationship between the characters, but, like, even, like, the characters' backstories, man. Like, you you find out a lot of 
important information about Tomoya as a character, but also about his past and, like, his relationship with his dad and, like, just how that's affected him now and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, the way that the characters are written are just very well put together, Yeah, in my I'd... opinion. And that's why the romance is so, so strong. Hmm. I can't put down what my favorite romance anime would be, but it's definitely one of my favorite genres that I feel very picky on, on people doing right. Mm. Because the, here's the thing about a lot of romance anime is that it's not just about the couple, it's the environment affecting that couple. And usually a question stands with every romance movie or TV show and along with anime. Are these two going to end up together or not and a big influence right. is everything and everyone around them more than just the characters themselves it's kind of about these two you know loved ones that have to go through their own struggles and obstacles and the approval of others or maybe trying not to have the approval of people and then that all kind of well that's why like everything. Well, that's why, again, I think Clannad is, like, so powerful on that because, yeah, it focuses on, you know, the main two, you know, uh, as, as you know, Clannad After Story discovers and explores the couple that is Tomoya and Nagisa. But even once that couple has been formed and it's, like, the main story we follow in After Story, the series also, like, makes sure to, like, look at other characters. Like, the first season is so... F- freaking awesome is because yeah it focuses on Tomoya and Nagisa slowly coming together but it also shows us it gives us like a really deep insight into every other character in the series that also plays a role Mm. in how Tomoya and Nagisa come together at the end Mm. so it's just I don't know no character in Clanad goes to waste like every character has a purpose Mm. like there isn't a character that's just there to fill in a void or to fill in a fetish or anything like that it's just like, a lot of romance anime tends to do that. Like, a lot of the not-so-great ones. It's just, like, we'll throw in this character to give it, like, this potential, you know, uh, potential waifu position for anyone watching who is into a particular fetish or a particular type of girl. Mm. But with Clanad, not only does every character feel real, but every character isn't stereotypical and is also there for a reason. I wanted to add upon what doesn't make a good romance. So, for example, let's take the Death Note movie uh, that happened on Netflix, where they threw romance in there for the sake of just having romance between two characters that originally aren't even supposed to be romantic, and they were so ridiculously irrational with everything. I mean, even if... Even if there was romance that was meant to be in there, the way that this movie did it, there was not enough time to breathe. There wasn't enough time to grow. It seems like out of nowhere, they just felt like dating. And then there was like that one unnecessarily kind of cringy emotional scene where Light is about to go into the house, yeah? And then Misa just says, wait, and it's raining and pouring. And then she's like, I love you turns around and then the <laughs> immediately we're just like oh no why that was like some scene from like the notebook dude like no it, no it, no it like- i would not compare it to that i would say twilight actually i love the notebook okay i'm not saying that just because i'm a girl i love the notebook i think it no was you're saying well. it because you're a girl no, because i, think I, I don't know a single the- guy who i don't know a single guy who likes the notebook i feel like saying. it's because it's just too romantic maybe well, well it's like the titanic like i I don't know a single guy that likes the Titanic, but every girl loves it. Dude, I love Titanic. 
Yeah, of course you do, because no, you're but, a girl. But it's still following, like, simple romantic traits that make that. It's just, I feel like girls do tend to, um, I guess, what is it? They tend to be more fond of romance scenes because, well... That's, I guess it's just in us. <laughs> because, yeah, well, yeah, because it's, it's just like, we, you guys we, we just naturally fantasize. hold an interest towards that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we, we fantasize a lot about, you know, of just love in our lives. I mean, there's still a lot oh, of yeah. guys out there that I mean, are definitely, um, fond of that stuff, and I'm not saying oh, that. Oh, I'm not saying, them. yeah, no, I'm not saying that, like, just because you, just, if you're a guy and you like the notebook or, you know, the Titanic, then that makes you less of a man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care. But me personally, like, I don't know many guys who like those kinds of movies because I feel our brain isn't naturally really built towards that kind of romanticism. And I think that's the whole reason why, like, when you read shoujo manga, which is for girls, 99.9% of all shoujo manga is romance. Mm-hmm. And as as bad as it is for me to probably say, a lot of them are very, very, very cliche. Whereas with shonen... It is very, very rare that you'll ever find, like, a legit romance series. Like, I think the only shonen, like, and I'm not talking about, like, harem stuff, because that's completely different. Harem is on another level of romance. I'm talking about, like, a one-on-one, like, drama romance. Mm-hmm. Like, how many shonen manga do you know that is purely just exploring romance, but not in a harem setting? Like, I can only think of, like, Nisekoi, maybe... Ichigo 100% maybe. I feel but like again, with those some shonen, kind of show glimpses of harem. I feel like with shonen, sometimes it plays with shippings um, a little bit, but that's pretty much the extent of it. But there are some that kind of build it more as a side story more than anything in the shonen world rather than really just basing itself around it. Like, for example, with Naruto, Naruto and Hinata was an extremely slow process that made it yeah. very much worth it in the end. Um, mm. And with, uh, with shoujo... I feel like, you know, the the traits are still there on how appropriate, like, um, on how romance works. So coming from someone that is very much respects romance, I I would say that the way that the Death Note Netflix one did it, they did it for the sake of just having it. Like the entire setting is not romance. This is like a m- murder mystery sort of theme. There's a well, lot. Of- I feel I feel they did that though to kind of like be. Like, they obviously added the romance for it to be like, hey, guys, look, there's romance of two high school teens. Isn't that cute? Which, you know, I'd say is like a little bit more of a natural thing considering they are in high school and like, who doesn't want to fall in love while they're in high school, right? But I think as well, like, they also added it with the intention of like, hey, look, guys, there's this romance going on in this really messed up situation of these two people who have fallen in love with each other, killing many, many people with this death note that they found. Isn't that edgy and cool? Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel it was like trying to shove that like edgy romance in our face. I don't know, man. I was was waiting for a Chainsmokers song to just start playing. I mean, I mean, that whole scene with, like, the montage of them, like, getting closer to each other and that, like, whole sex scene that they have, like, that was a Chainsmokers music video. Like, (laughs) 100%. Like, if you got that montage and put a chain, if you put Chainsmokers closer on top of that, there would have been nothing wrong with it. What I loved about the original series is that it still added romance, but it did it in this perfect way that didn't seem like this disjoint towards the main story, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like, Misa and Elle's uh, not Mr. and L, sorry, Mr. and Light's romance 
wasn't it, you can't even almost label it as a romance because yes it has romantic elements but it's not a romance you know like they're they're fooling each other like they're both fooling each other everyone is fooling each other to get their own way and it's it's really interesting how they did that because it's like you know that light is screwing up with misa but at the same time you're kind of rooting for the both of them to like yeah. you know maybe like oh maybe light will actually come to a realization that like he likes misa and like they do end up together or whatever but as we all know that's not exactly the case and that's what made that romance interesting whereas with this death note live action it's like it, it was like a really bad how do i explain it it's like if the titanic was done on land but with a couple of teenagers you know what I mean? It's like, it was way too overdramatic. It was like, the whole reason why, uh, you know, the whole reason why, like, I'm gonna die and you're gonna die and everyone's gonna suffer is because you don't love me. And it's like, come on, man. That's not what Death Note's about. Like, what happened to Light's whole thing with, like, wanting to be this, you know, wanting to serve justice to the world? Like, what happened to that? It was all thrown away because he was trying to impress this girl that he liked. Yeah, there were a lot of things that were juggling and the entire theme just doesn't work. But uh, going back to maybe some more types of romance, I want to talk about more simplistic ones that I really do like as well. There's a lot of deep ones Mm -hmm. out there that I absolutely love, um, a lot of which are movies. Um, But going into some series, there is this one, uh, My Love Story. Have you gotten a chance to see that one? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, what are your... I still haven't seen it. What are your, like, I guess, on-the-surface thoughts of what you've heard about it or seen about it? Of, like, I, I've i heard every person who says, who, who talks about my love story or Ore Monogatari as saying that it's an amazing romance. Because it's... I've heard a lot of people say, like, it's a cliche romance, but it's also not at the same time. That's mm-hmm. what I've heard. I don't know if that's true. That's I all would I've say heard. so because the thing with my love story, it's about high school students and they just happen to see each other and then there's like this kid, he's big and burly and he's quite intimidating. He's not necessarily ugly. He's just, you know, people kind of wonder, oh, who would date someone just that big? And then here yeah. comes this very beautiful, innocent little girl like okay she's not a little girl but like much smaller girl and she sees him and she's just like oh he's like really really cute and what's even really great is that there's not too much judgment on what everyone thinks about their relationship i mean everyone is surprised by it but it's a slice of life romance amongst teenagers i mean you hope that they get married but what was really cool about it like with some of the cliches that it was following I mean, it's setting itself up for that. It wants to embed itself into just all of the romance of what it's like to take care of this girl. And what it what was really cool was for some for some couple that is their age, they were extremely mature about it. Like it was kind of a lesson learned, like to a lot of teens, especially teen boys, that when you're in a relationship. This is probably how you should treat a girl. And with this guy, he uh, he also has this best friend who is much, much more better looking. And all the time, he gets girls that go up to him and say, Oh, you're so great. Do you want to date sometime? And he always rejects and he's just like, no. And you think at first it's just because, oh, he thinks he's better than them. 
but he does it because those are the same girls that are teasing his best friend. So it teaches a lot of people where, because his mm. uh, friend is all like, oh, you're so good looking. All the girls want you. Why are you saying no? And then he's like, would you want me to date a girl that didn't like you? Because I wouldn't want you to date a girl that just talks crap about me. So, yeah, um, it was it was just really sweet. Yeah, that, well, that's what I've heard. It's like, again, like, it's so, it's cliche in the aspect of, like, it's a high school romance that has slice of life. Like, there are so many series that are like that. Mm. But, as I said, it's also not because it's like this total role reversal of the main character. You know, like, in most shoujo anime or, like, even just regular romance anime, it's always the pretty boy that's the main character. And, but, like, he always, it's a pretty boy, but he always has this kind of issue. Yeah. Either with the girl or with himself or with society or whatever. There's always this roadblock that's making him not the perfect main character for this romance anime. And most of the time, it's this kind of... The story kind of follows this struggle of the main character to try and overcome this so-called problem in the mm-hmm. story. While at the same time trying to get with this girl and solve any other issues. Whereas in Oremonogatari, it's like... Already from the beginning, you can tell what the problem of this main character is. Like, it's evident from the moment you see him because it has to do with his looks. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, he's this nice guy. So it's a really different look at how a main, how a, how a romance main, a romantic, uh, anime main character, uh, like what problems he particularly has. And like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I definitely want to watch it. I just need to find the time to do so. <laughs> well, again, this series, like, it, it sets itself up for cliche, so, um, mm. it's, and again, it's but allowing like, there's nothing, itself to. But that's the thing, right? There's nothing wrong with cliche. No. Like, th- I think that's the biggest misconception. It's like, there's a reason why things become cliche. It's because it works. So, like, if it didn't work, then it wouldn't, then nobody else would copy it and therefore wouldn't become a cliche. So like I don't I don't have a problem with cliche so long as it's done in an a little bit more of an interesting way. Like use a cliche, of course. Like, you know, have the main character be this pretty boy or whatever, you know, this perfect personality or whatever. But make whatever problem it is that they have to overcome or what the what they have to overcome like in general in the story, make that bit interesting and then it doesn't become a cliche romance story anymore. So there you go. <laughs> I'm I'm no writer, but that's the advice I would give to anyone who's trying to write like a good romance story. Mm. It's like stick to a cliche. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent original idea, but make that make it so that that cliche doesn't seem like a cliche. If that makes sense. Mm. I want to go into also the world where um, it's actually over a quote that Miyazaki said. Uh, I'm going to go into like romances that aren't really about the what is it i guess about the cliches or just about the love but something much more than that so for example like who's in the honkai or maybe like there's a lot of settings where there's kind of like this pre-notion that miyazaki was pointing out that just because you have a girl and a boy that are the main protagonist that doesn't mean that they should be a couple it's kind of like this unwritten rule that it eventually has to end up that way but right. and so with Miyazaki what he does is that he has another quote being like the best way to grow an audience is to betray their expectations so yeah. like he does 
he does this for a reason why a lot of his characters one there is a strong female protagonist but there's a lot of them in which they have a best friend who happens to be a male and i will admit the first time i saw nausicaa or the first time i saw spirited away i thought that there was going to be romance between those two characters but it just turns out that he wants to show love in a way where it's not just about boyfriend girlfriend it's genuine care and just um love for just another person that you want their safety that there is a different part of you that's like it's it's more than that it's not like it's not just i want to spend the rest of my life with you when you are the absolute being of of my entire life well yeah because i think it's because miyazaki like you know is famous for not you know like when creating his anime like he always looks towards real life and that whole aspect of him saying you know like just because there's a boy and a girl doesn't mean they have to fall in love. That applies very much to real life. Like, just because if you're a guy and you have a friend who's a girl, that doesn't mean you have to end up with them or, you know, vice versa or whatever sexuality you're into. Just because there is someone of that gender or identity that you are attracted to, that doesn't mean you have to have romantic feelings for Mm. them. Like, you have a lot of guys who are friends, but you don't have romantic relations to them. Same with me, with a lot of friends who are girls. Like, and Miyazaki understands that, and because that's a part of life. Like, you know, just because you want these characters to fall in love with each other, that doesn't necessarily mean they are going to fall in love with each other, no matter what kind of sexual tension or romantic tension there may be within the plot of the story. Yeah, they might not fall in love with each other, but he will grow just a different kind of love between them. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, sexual attraction and, like, just really caring for that person. Yeah, like, Haku and Chihiro, it's kind of, they grew a brother-sister relationship, and she cares for him very much. Like, that scene where they were up in the sky, where Haku becomes, like, the river, basically, Mm. and he's, like, kind of disintegrating back from dragon to human when he finds out his real name. Um, There's that moment where they put their foreheads together that to the third eye if they never saw the rest of that movie they would have thought oh they're a couple now they love each other Mm. but really it's more so they got through this they went through so much together they now have what they want they can go home as better people and they're just happy for one another that they can finally be happy just you know, going on with their lives without any struggle. Um, another mm. another movie from Ghibli that really was... Pl- I honestly think they were doing this on purpose, where they had everyone expecting the characters would get together was when Marnie was there. I, mm. I do not, like, believe that they did not intend for any sort of, like, attraction for the main characters to happen. But there were... Because yeah. there were a lot of things that they were playing with. In the oh yeah, there was there was some strong sexual tension between yeah. the main two female leads. Like I right. I, I was two like two female like, leads, remember, yeah, and which yeah, is new two for female Ghibli. leads, yeah. And, and like you and I were watching it for the first time, and I was like, dude, well, you like, were. yeah. Or well, I was watching it for the first time, and you were there with me. But like I I remember like you remember like I turned to you and I was like, dude, like is there some like there, there's some Yuri going on in this, and it's like mm. it's. Like, it was so obvious how it was portrayed as well. Like, it was clearly, like, the main character was falling in love with this other female character. Like, you could tell, it wasn't, like, a care thing. It was, like, a legit romantic, like, relationship that was happening. Mm. And, like, I don't know if the other main... I don't know if the other female character had any of those kinds of feelings for the main character. Maybe it was more so of a care aspect that 
you know, Miyazaki tends to do, even though that's not a Miyazaki film, but something that Ghibli tends to do. But by the way they portrayed that in animation, it was clear that they were trying to insinuate that, yes, they are falling in love. Mm. But as you know, at the end of it, again, (laughs) Ghibli uh, betrays us again and is like, nope, they just have a lot of care for each other. And I'm not going to say why, because that will be spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. Right. I think one scene, um, I'll just be extremely vague about this, that really made me really question, and I think a lot of people were uh, questioning this, because again, it's not that we have anything wrong with Yuri. I love Yuri and Yaoi very much. I love Yuri. Yeah. And... It's just very new seeing it from Ghibli's perspective and how strong they were playing with our emotions with this. Because Mm. there's that scene after, like, the ballroom dance and they're, like, outside of the mansion. And then, Mm. I guess, one of the girls, you know which one I'm talking about, when she sees sees the other girl dancing with a boy, she becomes very jealous. And she's just like, do you like him? Or, you know, she feels like she's being replaced. And Mm. then... um, Right then and there, they are admitting to each other being like, I love you more than anyone in the world. And then that's when we're just like, now we really don't know. Because, you know, that's how romance has kind of portrayed itself. The moment Mm. you make it time to breathe at this level to that time when they finally are falling in love, then you have this big contradiction of thoughts where it's one coming from Ghibli and two, it's the first time Mm. they ever played it with same-sex characters it's like, I feel like they're strongly going this way. And even if they betray it, this was a really big move for them. And it still worked. So, but they do, well, I, they do end up having well, a different sort of love. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel that, like, Ghibli planned that all along. Because I feel with when Mani was there, like, they were using that whole full frontal, like, I love you, like, romantic portrayal of two female characters as a way to play with the cliche in order for you to be way more attached to both characters by the end of the movie. Right. Because those two were the central figures of the entire movie. Like, you wanted to know why they are like that, and you want to, like, of course, you know, follow the main character because she's trying to figure out everything within the story, but you're also trying to care about this other female character because you genuinely want to know who the hell she is. Like, you never find out until the end who the hell she is exactly. Mm. So... By playing with the cliche of two female characters loving each other, aka this whole Yuri undertone, I feel Ghibli was like, it was kind of playing around with that cliche because people, he, I think Ghibli knew that the moment they openly said, I love you, or showed any kind of romantic relationship with each other, then the, Ghibli knew the audience would be like, yes, and would start rooting for them because that's how the cliche is. Like, that's how the whole shipping thing goes in the anime community. And I think because of that, it made the audiences be like, oh, crap, like, I really want to root for these guys, and I want to know every single detail because I'm about to fulfill this Yuri shipping in my head. But then, of course, at the end of it, it doesn't happen like that, but you're not mad about the fact that they're not together because, yes, you were rooting for the ship, but you were also genuinely invested in the story and the Mm -hmm. characters for you to be satisfied by the end result regardless of if if the ship didn't happen or not which i think is really really hard to do but yeah especially Ghibli with the way they did it, it yeah especially when yeah, you find absolutely. out who who marnie is um, yeah. in comparison to who anne is it makes your whole experience a little bit distorted like 
and yeah, think, like, I, I was wish- like, my mind was goddamn blown by the end of it. I was like, what? I did not expect that at all, but I ain't mad. Yeah, I was kind of like, man, I'm, like, my mind was blown, and by the end of it, I still love it, and it is so beautiful, but your mind of what you were thinking originally is like, ooh, was that bad what I was thinking? Cause it's yeah, like, exactly. Eh, but... I've never seen somebody like twist it that strongly. Now, just so you mm. guys know, uh, from what I understand, Ghibli was already a book and it wasn't even an original story, but. Ghibli was already a book? You mean when Marnie was no, there? Yeah, was sorry, already a book? sorry. When, when Marnie was there, it was originally, uh, an old novel. Um, that yeah, it, was, based... it was a Western novel from like the 50s, which I think they adapted. So even then, I mean, I still give them props on how they even handled that, so. I thought that well, was Well, that's really the thing. Well the fact that they even chose that book to turn it into a Ghibli film is a bold move by Ghibli. Mm, pretty much, because I think, I think they knew. And, oh, let me go into another thing about, uh, anime romance, and since this was kind of playing with some Yuri and, uh, Yuri aspects. Whenever it comes to, I guess, let me just talk about, like, Yuri elements. So, unless it's blatantly showing that it is a Yuri, there are some elements where, the they don't really get too strongly into i guess the character's feelings for one another or the fact that maybe one sex may be attracted to the other for example when with kobayashi's dragon maid there was that Mm. moment where toru told kobayashi like she would marry her or something or like that she loved her and then uh immediately kobayashi's like saying you're a woman though and then uh, she just says, oh, but you're just so nice to me, and I love it. Like, they kind of just glossed over it. So I like how how interesting it is where they play with a lot of these things, but they don't dwell into the controversial topic at all. They just say they are very fond with one another. And whenever it comes to things, I guess, like yaoi, there, there's a lot of playing around, I would say, physically. Yeah, and, and like, that's the whole reason, like, like, with the whole Yuri aspect, um, that's why I love, uh, the Yuri Yuri series. I don't know if you've seen Yuri Yuri, but like, that is a comedy series, Slice of Life, about these bunch of girls who are just in this tea club, and it's about, like, their daily shenanigans, but they also use Yuri in an almost mocking way. Like, they're mocking the fact that, they use, like, hints of Yuri between the different characters to get you invested in the characters. And I think that's, like, so meta, because obviously the the creator un- clearly understands that, like, okay, you like cute girls, you like these Moe girls, but you probably also like the fact that you want them to be together, because to fill in your Yuri fantasy. And throughout the three seasons of Yuri Yuri, which are all great, in my opinion, absolutely hilarious series... They play around so much with this Yuri concept to get a laugh out of you, but also, I think, to kind of throw shade at this whole concept of you like Yuri because you want to see cute girls get together. So it's like, I don't know, like, I love Yuri when it's done correctly, but I also love Yuri when it's used in this mocking way, like Mm. with Yuri Yuri. Um, And I think Yaoi, like, the same thing goes for Yaoi, like the whole, you know, like, good Yaoi, like, not just whole yaoi bait stuff like you know like an actual yaoi but also when they use yaoi in comedic uh Mm. scenes to kind of not to fulfill it but to kind of mock that fulfillment that's pretty much yuri on ice yeah but uh, i mean i don't want to get into yuri and i going to get (laughs) crucified again but i don't even think yuri and ice did it in a mockingly good way 
I would say they just really wanted to play with the Fujoshi, because there weren't Well, any... that's the thing. There's a difference between Yaoi and Yaoi bait. Yeah. And... Yuri on Ice, in my opinion, was Yaoi bait. It wasn't Yaoi. Mm. Yeah. What's a... Oh, yeah. There was a, another one that was pretty strong that you actually really liked, and it's called Papa to Kiss in the Dark. Now, I will not say what the relationship is between the two <laughs> main characters, because it will make this whole thing, what we're about to say, very disturbing. But yes. we're just going to talk about the characters. What did you Let's think? Let's just say it's a legit, it's a legit yaoi. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty strong, and it's only two episodes. What did you think about that one? Okay. Look. <laughs> Let's just say, even though I am a straight male, <laughs> and I'm doing a podcast with my girlfriend, I really like that series purely for the fact that the romance was, like, genuinely interesting. Yeah. Like, like I don't care that it was two males in this legit, like, not only romantic relationship, but, like, a sexual relationship. Like, it was two men in a sexual relationship. I'm not all into that, but the way that they kind of played around with it like and that's not an innuendo. Like the, <laughs> like the way they pl- like the way they played around with the romance aspect, I genuinely was interested in it, and I thought it was really well done. And I'm like, that's a proper yaoi. Like they're not, you know, they're not skimp. They're not skipping around the whole yaoi genre by you know yaoi bait stuff like Euro Nice. Like they're legitimately showing the struggles of a yaoi relationship not only in society but also within a social context. Well, I think in the in the world of Papa to Kiss in the Dark, they actually made it a world where it was kind of okay. Like Yeah. Um it was it was kind of already accepted. I I, I would say it's basically soap opera levels. If you've ever seen a soap opera like It is. Yeah, it's cliché, no doubt. But I, when I showed it to Joey cuz at first because I always wanted Joey to kind of explore the world of Yaoi. Because it's usually, some, I guess, something by kind of a little bit mocked and kind of a chuckle every now and then where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, the girls are watching the Yaoi because cute guys. But I wanted Joey to see it from the perspective of why, like, I guess, why we love it so much. So when mm-hmm. he saw Papa to Kiss in the Dark, he's like, I may not be comfortable with, like, the with the couple, but man, was that like one hell of a plot twist. I that's why I really like it. It's it's a guilty pleasure anime because you hate exactly <laughs> what the relationship is and it's I mean let's just say I was super like I was super impressed with the plot twist. I was like, "Wow, I did not see that coming and the fact that I am shocked at the plot twist suggests that I was really invested in these characters and this anime. Like if I wasn't invested in the character, I wouldn't care what plot twist it was. Mm. But I like you and you and I we both watched it together and you even saw me being like, "Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> did that just happen?" Yeah, so, so like yeah, it, yeah was, it was nice. I liked it. it. That was a nice bonding moment watching Yaoi and you taking it seriously. Because I, I want to get you more into it. Like, one, I definitely, definitely really need you to sit down with me on is uh, Gravitation. It, I think it is a phenomenal Yaoi. It's very strong in a lot of elements, but the story is just impeccable. I love it just dearly. It's it's yeah. pretty much on the same soap opera levels of... uh. Papa Tickets in the Dark, just uh, really extended. And what it's going to follow is um, just, you know, two guys that they meet and they... It's it's in a world where it is accepted. Um, another thing I think that helps too is like they kind of put other characters that are also guys that are into other guys and people just seem to just be okay with it. And they mm. don't... 
here's the thing I I see with a lot of uh, movies that kind of go over this is going over the controversy and how it's a tough life or having the acceptance of acceptance of people. I think in the Yaoi world, it's already a world where you already know what to expect. So it's nothing to really debate on. And I don't think right, the stories right. even want to do that because you, you know what you're coming in for. Um, mm. So it's just kind of become its own subgenre because they know that there is a big audience out there who is just searching for the stuff. So they might as well just make it a world just where it's 100% accepted and that's it. And it's just about the couple who just happen to mm. be in the same sex. So, yeah, no, Gravitation – like I would highly recommend it. Well, no, yeah. Like we should watch it because I absolutely have. And let me make this clear to all the people who say I hate Euro Nice because it's Yowie. I have nothing against Yowie. I mean, I I'll openly admit I thought Papa to Kiss in the Dark was a good Yowie, and I have no problem with watching other Yowie because I am just genuinely interested in that side of anime. Like. Uh, not not a lot of uh, like male anime YouTubers I know really delve into that side because they think it's like out of their league. But I feel like if you're just open minded to it, I think even if you're a straight guy, you can enjoy some uh, some yaoi. Like I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like same reason why straight females can probably enjoy Yuri. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I like I'd love to sit down and like you know, watch Gravitation with you or any other Yaoi you think is good or any mm. Yaoi that the audience might think is good and is worth checking out. Yeah, I've definitely dwelled into uh, into both sides with both Yuri and Yaoi. And uh, when it comes to a very serious Yuri too, I think my favorite by far is probably still Strawberry Panic. Um, that mm. or, uh, oh, I forgot what this one was called, but uh, it had to do with like a very long-haired, blue, uh, a long blue-haired girl who is in a love with this... blue-haired girl. Who's in love with this also like... I've read oh, I've read the manga and I saw the anime. How oh well, but I'll I'll show it to you then. But have you seen any like other yaoi before? Any other? Yeah, I mean, besides Boku no Pico, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Boku no Pico, that's just it's just wrong. Yeah, that's just out of the question. No, but the only <laughs> the only proper yaoi I've ever seen is uh, Papa the Kiss in the Dark. If we're not counting your own eyes, because that's just yaoi bait. Yeah, then I yeah. I definitely need you to dwell into it because it's it's really yeah, good. It's t- let me know. And hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a big fan of Yaoi or Yuri or any of that kind of stuff, why don't you let us know what your favorite Yaoi or Yuri that Aki and I should go check out uh, by using our specialized hashtag on Twitter. What was it again, Aki? SBS Anime. SBS Anime. Hashtag SBS Anime over on Twitter. Let us know any Yaoi that Aki and I should sit down and watch, any Yuri that we should sit down and watch, and like, make it like proper Yaoi and Yuri. Like, don't, don't like, don't think that we're sensitive to that kind of stuff and we want the softer stuff. No, if it's hard, just, just let us know if it's hard. Like, and we'll, we'll watch it. You know, just, just let us know. But yeah, hashtag SBS Anime, let us know all that kind of stuff. And, uh, also to the rest of you who aren't necessarily into Yuri and Yao and that kind of stuff, also use the hashtag SBS Anime on Twitter. What do you guys think about any of the romance anime that we, uh, t- covered? Any of the topics about romance anime? Let us know what your thoughts are on your favorite romance anime. What you think makes a good romance anime? What you think makes a bad romance anime? What you'd like to see in the future of romance anime or just romance in anime. I think all of those would be really interesting to explore and talk about together. And uh, we'll probably do like another romance anime special sometime maybe in Valentine's Day next year or whatever. That'd be really fun. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Anime Show with Joey and Aki. Thank you very much for listening in once again. If you guys don't know who we are, my name is Joey the Anime Man. With me is my partner Aki or Aki Dearest. We both do YouTube together. 
if you want to check out any of our anime content, we make a bunch of anime rants, all that kind of stuff on our YouTube channels. Go check it out. We also have a Twitter, all of that kind of stuff uh, will be linked on whatever page you see it on. If you're listening to it on SoundCloud, it'll be on the side of the bar. If you're on the SBS Pop Asia or the Wooshka app, then uh, maybe go to the SoundCloud thing and all our, all our links will be there. But anyways, guys, thanks again for listening into another episode and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. SBS Pop Asia is the official media partner of KCON 2017 Australia. And we want you to join us at KCON in style. You could win two platinum tickets, flights, accommodation, and airport transfers. Listen to Pop Asia Live with Kevin Kim each weeknight for the code word you need to win. This is one heck of a prize and you could win it.